Welcome to the Up The Cream podcast episode 25. I'm Dan Tomlinson, I'm joined as always by Rich Harrison, a.k.a. Pommy Rich. How are you doing, pal? Um, well, yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> I'm not good, I'm alright. Yeah, I think that pretty much speaks for every early bed right now. But yeah, we're fine in the grand stream of things, our health is there. You know, we've got those who we love closest to us, but as far as rugby league goes, Christ. <laughs> How long you got? <laughs> Yeah, I've still got my looks. <laughs> That's about as far as I can say. Yeah, not great. No, not great. I mean, we're back on the arse after that derby win. I mean, admittedly, yeah. like I said at the time, I didn't think all were great, but they did enough, and the span dynamics yeah. were obviously good enough to get the result that day. But obviously, four days later, we play Castleford at home. We get beat 23-12 in probably one of the flattest performances I think I've ever seen from Hull. And then mm-hmm. a bank holiday Monday. I kept calling it Easter Monday. <laughs> Even though it was five months ago. <laughs> so it's ago. the equivalent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah bank, bank holiday Monday. Uh, yeah, we go to Salford and get beat 42-14. And yeah, there was about 500 Hull fans there. And every single one of them will tell you it was an absolute disgrace. Hull were absolutely shite on Monday. And it absolutely kills me to say it. But you can't, unfortunately, you, just, you can't have your head buried, buried in the sand at the minute. And yeah, it just won't good, mate. It was, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, um, back to square one a little bit, um, I think. Just, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we, we said when uh, we said when Hodgson took over um, that this is Radford's squad and, you know, it's not the squad that he would probably want. Um, and maybe we're in a bit of a false position, you know, maybe, maybe he has um, got the best out of some average performing players for the first half of the season. And maybe now's the reckoning. Maybe now we're seeing the true, the true nature of the squad. Um, but you know, the problem is the difference between our best and our worst it is light years, isn't it? And, yeah. and that's the problem. You know, when you've when you've got a great team, you know, you've got a Saints or you've you've got a, a Melbourne. The difference between their best and their worst isn't much. The, the problem with us is that we can be well beaters and and look like we could beat anybody in our day. You know, let's not forget we were a we were a um, an interception away from Wembley. You know, and, and the only time really this year that, that we've looked really average, apart from this last two matches, was when was when we got beaten by Catalans. And Catalans have beaten everyone this year, so we couldn't. We, you know, you can't go too bad on on the team for that. But the the performance against Rovers or the performance against you know even the performance against like Wakefield or Cass earlier in the season when we weren't great but we grounded out because we had the right attitude and we had the right resilience um I don't know where it's gone that's exactly it it's I mean those wins they weren't flashy you know reinventing the wheel attacking you know brilliance anything like that but they were built on solid foundations and our effort determination you know, gutsy. It's not exactly. It's not. Well, you said it's not sexy, is it? It, 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 it was it's ground not. out, and it, but it was. It's a results business, isn't it? And results are what matter. And Hull were grounded out them results, and that's what. And obviously, that's what we were, we were so happy with because we hadn't seen that in a Hull SC side for a couple of years. And but all oh, that's gone on the window now. And yeah, you could say we were riding okay before the COVID outbreaks at the club, and they've obviously really hit us for six. And you're not telling me that attitudes have come back the same since these COVID outbreaks at the club because we look an absolute shadow of the side that started the season you think back to how professional we were against them you know them first two games against Huddersfield Salford even when we played Huddersfield again at home and we had 13 players out and it was a ragtag FC side we still you know I didn't care weren't phased by it just got on with it uh, that actually seems to have gone now and 
yeah, there was nothing about all against Cast. They were flat, as I say, Salford on on Monday, they just went through the motions. Salford were absolutely terrible as well. You can see why they're second, yeah, yeah, first, it's from not bottom. That they were, it's not that we came up against a great side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but once they realised they had a measure of all, they just ran away with it. They got the yeah, lead and they never looked back. And, and that, that's like Bradford days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I remember you know standing on the boulevard years ago, Hull playing Leeds when when Hull were Leeds bogey side, you know. And I remember because I was on Scoreboard Hill and standing up and shouting, you know, and screaming, "This lot don't want it. They're there. Take them." You know, and, and to the extent when you look at Hull, you think that well, that must be what an opposition supporter looks at. They look at it and go, "How many drop balls? How many stupid you know penalties we're giving away? How much?" Um, how much disorganisation does there seem to be at first receiver, second receiver? It's like we don't want it. And any team worth the salt should look at that and just go, we can beat these. No matter where they are in the league, they should look at us and go, we can beat these. You know, and that's that's the way it is at the moment. Do you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in lockdown at the moment, right? And I'm working from home. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, I get my work done <clears throat> three or four hours for the day. And um, I've been reading a lot of, of books that I've got on my bookshelf, you know, whole books, other books and everything. And I'm really into, and stick with me, because this is meandering, but I'll get to the point. Um, I'm a big fan of John Le Carrier, who, who wrote um, Cold War thrillers, um, like um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and, and Smiley's People and stuff. And um, one of the characters... George Smiley in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy talks a lot about cause and effect, right? That nothing just happens. There's a cause and then the ripples are the effect. Now, you look at the moment where Hull lost their mojo, where Hull lost their resilience, and you look at it and you think, okay, it was before the Rovers match, probably, would you say? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you look at it and you think, right, it's it's before the Rovers match, so you look at it and you go, right, okay, when was it then? When did we actually start to look like the team that we used to look like, you know? Um, and like I say, it was before that Rovers match. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I really don't want to say this, right? But to me, it was almost the moment that Taylor came back. And... I look at it and I think, well, if we're looking at cause and effect, that Leeds match where we probably should have won, the Saints match where we got toweled up, um, all of those games, they were around the same time that we started getting a few bodies back. Now, you know, losing to the Giants at home, you know, and losing easily to the Giants at home as well. You know, that team that was out that day, on paper, we should have smashed them. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have Connor then, um, but you know Swift at fullback had been more and a more than able deputy. Yeah, McNamara was in the halves with Snead, but he'd been in the halves before and we'd beaten people. Satai was playing, Sau was playing, Savelio Lane Fash as a as a back three. That's not a bad back three and a better back three than the Huddersfield back three. You look at it and you think, how did we lose a game like that? You know, when when we're a, on paper, we're a better team than them, a miles better team than them. How did we lose that game? You know, it, it can only be attitude. It can't be anything else. Um, and I was shouting and screaming like you was at the start of the season that finally we've got the right attitude. We might not have a fantastic 
you know, we, we might not be massively creative. We might not be scoring 40 points. And we might be grinding results out and winning after only scoring two tries or three tries or whatever. But we seem to have got that, that grind and that graft that we haven't had for years. Well, the grind and the graft's gone. And it's showing up now that we've got nothing to back it up. Whereas before we were making up for a lack of skill with grind and graft. Now we're not. Yeah, do you know what? I think there's some mileage in there. And there's there's three players that I've singled out over the past two games. And they're the leadership group at Left Sea right now, who are Mark Sneed, yeah. Scott Taylor and Danny Houghton. And I question yeah. their attitudes and how much they actually want to be great again. I look at yeah. Mark Sneed, we all know that he's faced by nothing. Criticism's just water off a duck's back. He couldn't give a you know, I couldn't give a crap what you'll think in the stand yeah. it or yeah. what the pundit thinks or what the journalist thinks. He couldn't give he couldn't give a you know, he couldn't give a crap at all. Yeah. Danny Elton, well, we all know that. He thinks he's Mr. Hull FC. He's, you know, he's been here, done that. He's been at the club since, you know, 1983 or whatever, you know. <laughs> and then you've got Scott Taylor, who's you know, coming again, Mr. Hull FC, boyhood fan, great in his first couple of years, gets a five-year contract. I mean, who gives five-year contracts out these days? I mean, yeah, dear me. And it just, nah, it's just not the same anymore. And, and, you, and you see it all tag, ties in when... Taylor came back. Well, obviously, his first game back was the Catalans game, but I think he made a yeah. a provisional squad the week before as well. And it's no coincidence yeah. that he, you know, that they might have chilled to come back in. And you think the results have obviously deteriorated since that's yeah. happened. And, and for me, it's not a coincidence. You look at the very best of Hull FC at the start of the year. You wasn't saying Danny Houghton in those names. You know, you were thinking no. best of all this year has been Jake Connor. It's been Chris Sasse. Yeah. It's been Carlos yeah. Tumavavi. Swift. Adam Swift. Tumavavi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I'll, yeah, then I'll be followed by people like Andrea Savellio, Manu Mal, and Licky Sal. But again, they're not on the pedestal of a Connor and Sasse. And, 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 and when you look at those, blowing hot and cold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's been the problem. But yeah, I, 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 I reckon that definitely bears some closer inspection with what you, the point you made there about, you know, obviously the, the, the book and the tailor. I mean, it just can't be a coincidence. And I'd... I don't know, I really would question those three and do they actually have the right attitude, the right ambition now to take Hull to that next level and do they actually want to? Cause I, I look at Hull's mentality and a lot of fans have this as well. They're quite happy to down on the on the cut wins. You look uh, last week, Hull put a post out you know, on this day we made history at Wembley, blah, blah, blah. On yeah. this day we yeah. backed it up at Wembley, first yeah. time ever. Yeah. All the fans were coming, oh yeah, this was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're prepared to. We will be prepared to down off that for the next decade, and that's not right. We're spending two point five million the on the cap. It's you been a problem for years. People say, "Oh, hull, hull, you have this divine right to think they should be winning things." We spend two point five million on the bloody salary cap. Only said Owens yeah. and Warrington spend that. Yeah, two point five right. it's million. It's an expectation. Yeah, it's an expectation when you're spending that amount of money. That's Absolutely. not. That's not wanting. That's not a divine right thinking you need to win things just because of the name of your team. That's that's asking for value for money. That's what that is. And we Nothing all... else. But the problem is, mate, and I wrote a blog about this five years ago. We've done it every bloody time. Ninety one, we win the bloody we win the Premier Premiership, and then the next year we sell the club out from underneath of of um, of Noel Coyle. He allowed that they allowed that squad to fracture because we were we were skin. Patrick Enter, all he wanted was an extra fifty quid a week. See you later. You know. We we struggled on for another couple of years with Greg Mackey. Greg Mackey ended up going back to Warrington, where he, he you know um, again proved that he was an absolute champion. Same in two thousand and five. That team in two thousand and five were good enough to win everything. You know, we get knocked out of the the playoffs by seventy odd points at Bradford, 
Um, you know, 2006, we get to the grand final. You know, that's two years of, of sustained success. But then 2007 was one of our worst, one of our worst ever. Yeah. In fact, I didn't, I didn't we get the record for the team that, that a team getting to the grand final and finishing lower than any other team ever? Well, we finished fourth in 2007, but it was second bottom in 08. Yeah, so, well, exactly. Well, there so, you go, two years. Sorry. Yeah, two-year jump um, from yeah, being you know, second best to second worst. 2016, we win at Wembley. Fantastic, wonderful, made history. That squad should have gone on and won it. Didn't. 2017, we backed it up. Gritty win against Wigan. That team should have gone on and won stuff. Didn't. You know, we just, we, we seem to go, brilliant. You know, bit of silverware, bit of glory. And that's it. Yeah, and we'll down off it. And like you say, yeah. give, a, give a player who's been a, big part of that five-year deal. And sorry, yeah. but you, you go back to those three players. When's the last time you can say Danny Elton had a fantastic game where it influenced the outcome of the result? Mark Sneed has been okay in parts this season, but the problem with Mark Sneed is he needs all the tools to be on the field at the same time to have an influence. Mm. If Connor's at full-back, if Josh Reynolds is at six, and obviously the hooker's there as well, you can you can trust Sneed because you've got, as I say, you can go at first receiver, you can play, Josh Reynolds can play off, off that, and Jake Connor can play off that. But without them... It's a headless chicken. Yeah. Scott Taylor, 100%. And, not the player. And you can't, you, mate, you're dead right. And you can't blame Ben McNamara either because him and Snead are the same player. Well, this was Connor's problem, wasn't it? That's you've got. This was Connor's yeah. problem when he played with Snead. When Connor played with yes. Kelly, Connor looked very good yes. in the halves. I remember battering Absolutely. the battering the Harlem Globetrotter Castleford style on the way to Wembley in 2017. That was Connor yeah. and Kelly, and it worked because you got obviously you got your your ball player in Jake Connor, and then you've got your direct running threat in Albert Kelly. That worked. Sneed and Connor were too similar. It's likewise, like you just said, now with McNamara and Sneed, it's absolutely bang on. They're just too, they're too similar and there's not enough variation there. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's depressing. It really is. Uh, like I say, the best of all this year has been, unfortunately, exposed now because as soon as we get a, a big player out, whether it be Jake Connor or in this case now Josh Reynolds out for the rest of the season, the holes just show. And you, you talk about best and worst in performances. Our best and worst in actual playing personnel is... Is pretty pretty substantial as well. You think the very best of all FC. I mean, I'd still argue Jake Connor, Carlos Tumavave, Chris Satter. They'd walk into ninety five percent of teams in Anything. Super League. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you think people. I don't want to just single out people, but you know, look at likes of Josh Borden right now, Jordan Johnston. Yeah. You know, oh, they can. I would sign them in Super League right now. Would they even get in Leeds team? I don't think they would. No. No. Yeah, you, you look at it. and You think if Bowden went tomorrow. He'd end up at Featherstone, or he'd end up at Batley, or he'd end up at wherever, you know, or Rovers. <laughs> well, I remember um, when, we, when we re-signed Danny Elton last year, um, a good mate of mine, Chris, uh, Christian, he uh, just just rang me up and said, what Super League side would actually touch Danny Elton right now? And I couldn't answer yeah. the question. I'm thinking, you know, because obviously Catalans have got McAlarum, you know, St. Ellen's have got Roby, Cass mm. McShane, uh, Wigan, Sam Powell, Wire, Daryl Clark. I was thinking... Yeah, even Rovers have got two quality hookers. Even Wakefield have got a decent one in, in Carl Wood. I'm thinking, you're right, no, one's, no one would touch him with a badge. Probably, probably end up at York like Daniel Washbrook did. And and this yeah. is the worrying thing. This is obviously where sentiment comes in. This is where not being smart and comes in You know, with your business decisions and living off past endeavours, which are completely irrelevant. It's 2021 now. It's not 2017, is it? Do you reckon, do you reckon uh, this, is, this is a consequence of Adam Pearson not being at heart a rugby league man? And thinking, well, I know what people want. Never mind that I know what supporters want, or I, I never mind I know what Hull FC supporters want. I know what people want, and what people want is a hero of the club and the hero of Wembley to be given a lifetime deal. 
Do you think that's what he thinks? It wouldn't surprise me. I think he, he definitely makes decisions based on emotion. I mean, remember when he came yes. out after we got the all-time record defeat against Warrington, he comes out and says, oh, I'm going to get rid of these players, I'm going to pull this one out, I'm going to do yeah. this one. And, and what happened? Yeah, nothing. You know, <laughs> John Abdul put a transfer of, request in and that was it. Lytton, Abdul and, and, um, and uh, Dean Hadley. None of which were the problem. No, exactly. <laughs> and you could argue, well, Jordan Abdul is arguably better than McNamara. I say McNamara is 19, give him you know, the benefit yeah. of the doubt right now, especially if they had a running threat alongside him. But you know, you look at Jordan Abdul, he's a, he's a fairly decent sub league player. He played 50 games for all, he had his moments, he did all right. Jesler and I highly rate and always have done. Everyone who knows me knows yeah. that. Yeah, we made a mistake there. Dean Adley. The problem with Dean Adley is he never got a successive run of games in a whole jersey, did he? Yeah. He, was either, yeah. he was either pulled out because of selection reasons or he'd get a niggly injury. And you see it at Rovers now, yeah, he got knocked out on Sky the other week. Uh, did, mm. I think he did his shoulder as well. At the, I think it was the league game. And it's just... Yeah, it is what it is, I suppose. It's, it's just it's just really frustrating how we, we always seem to get these decisions wrong after we win something and we go from being a flash-in-the-pan top side back to... You know, mid to lower table mediocrity, and and when, I might say when we're spending two point five million on the cap, a seventh place return is isn't good enough. And no, it's not good enough. And, and and you know, there's got to be people getting paid way over what they're worth. If if that's if that's the case, you know, and and you'd think that the bulk of that money, because Scott Taylor, if he has if he signed a five year deal, that deal would have been back ended. Yeah. You know, so that it goes up every year. Well, this or is maybe year yeah, well, this is year four, you know. Houghton, you know, under contract until the end of next year, isn't he? Um, maybe even the year after that, I'm not no, sure. next year, that's but, right. Um, yeah. Next year, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's not even in the last year of his contract. Yeah. Now, you know, it, 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 you know it, it worries me that we've got no football manager, so to speak. We've got no Motu Tony. We've got no, you know, we, we've got no one there that's actually looking and talent spotting and, and can and can um, be that go between between the head the head coach and the owner to just go, hey, look, you know, the, the coach it's good, go to Adam and go, hey, the coach the coach doesn't really want to say this, but this player, this player, and this player are over the hill, and we need to get rid. Yeah, I think the, you know the problem there is. Is even when that bloke is there and people refer to him as the DJ, obviously James Clark. Always, he's he's running the job. He's doing that job because he was told. I to. feel for him, you know. I, 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 I mean, I, I know, know. He's, he's, I, I really do feel for the poor bugger. He's doing a he's job. The brunt of everything. Exactly, and he was doing a job that he was told to do. And if he refused, he probably would have been given the door. Well, off your pot then. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He's, he's doing about five or six other jobs as well. But to be fair to him, Lee Radford said no to my hair for newer. James Clark said no to my Hefnua. It was Adam Pearson who went yeah. beyond the will of his head coach, beyond the will yeah. of his, you know, inverted commas football manager, and and, yeah. and said, right, we need to bring this back. We need to bring this bloke back to the club. Oh, he's, you know, back to back Wembley win it. Mate, that was two years ago. He's had a terrible foot injury since then. He's had uh, yeah. off-field disciplinary uh, issues yeah. at West Tigers, ironically, which have yeah. come to the fore at Hull FC again now. Dropped, yeah. obviously, for the derby game because of disciplinary and. There's rumours yep. to actually what he did. I don't want to wear him on this podcast because I don't know the, hmm. the you know how true they actually are. You know what hole is? It's a goldfish ball. You yep. believe you know yeah. half what you ate, don't you? But it's yep. not good when you have a player like that who was on huge money who wasn't necessarily needed. And people always yep. people always message me like or comment on, on my stuff like when I when I mention it. Oh, you was loving it when he came back. I was like, yeah, milking it because it's a crowd favourite and it 
you know, gets a few clicks on the website and gets a bit of traffic to up the cream. So of course I'll milk it, but it doesn't matter. But, but that's irrelevant. It don't matter what me and you thought. Don't matter what Steve and Craig thought in the pub either. This is the club, yeah. and they've got to be smarter than that. Fans are absolutely irrelevant when it, when it comes to my F three signing for the club. The club must have realised they had Brett Freeman yeah. on the box. They had Kieran Buchanan yeah. at the time. They had Ratu and Lago, and they just announced the signing of Adam Swift. They've got to be yeah, a lot we smarter than that. As well, Dawson Jones as well. Yeah, yeah, we still had him on the books as well at the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we've got to be yeah. much smarter than that. Doesn't yes. irrelevant what I think. Absolutely irrelevant. Yeah, and, and and you know, there's two points to be made from that. The first time, the first point is that if Pearson starts having a go about money, well, it's your own fault. Exactly. You're signing the wrong players on the wrong money, right? That's the first thing. And you went against the wishes of of your coaching staff and your chief of operations so don't complain about money it's your own bloody fault that's point number one point number two is that when we signed Fenua, we'd also just signed swift now if i was adam swift i'd look at that and think you bastards i'm, I'm uprooting my entire family coming across the pennines to a town i don't really know to a bunch of blokes i don't really know to a, a head coach who's just been you know just been sacked Kind of thing, you know, halfway through my first season, you bunch of bastards. Yeah, you know, and he got an injury as well. No, no, so the, the the real thing for Adam Smith, Swift there was he could have put his head down and he could have just gone, oh, I don't want to do this. So sorry, two years of his contract and ended up going to another club like Josh Jones did. But what Adam Swift's done is he's gone. I'm going to prove you bastards wrong. And he's gone out and he's trained and he's worked and he's unseated these players that have probably played more than him or certainly was at the start. Yeah. And he's he's kept Farimo on the bench. He's kept Fanua on the bench. And he's ended up proving that he's an, an able fullback as well as a bloody good winger. And good on him. You know, if only we had a team full of people that had the same sodding attitude. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on the cast and the Salford performances because we've got uh, something, something a little bit more interesting, hopefully, to talk about in a minute. But if you're looking at positives at Salford, and they are very few and far between, don't get me wrong. But the best thing about all at Salford was two players that probably contribute to about 3% of the cap. That's Cam Scott yeah. and Connor Wynn. Yeah. Look at the value we're getting from Cam Scott right now. And we, we've said it all the time. We, we thought about the criticism of Huddersfield away when we leaked 40 yeah. points, when he got left 4-1 and one and everyone had a pop at him. I thought that was a bit harsh. And obviously he's come in, he's looked good in parts, he scored that try in the cup game against Saints, didn't he? Took it really well. Yeah. Look, looked good, then he got a niggly injury, he comes back, you know, he's been an unused sub a couple of times, comes on and gets 90 seconds on another time. So it, it, it's, it's been a stop-start year for him, even though he's made about 16, 17 appearances now. But the last two, I think he's looked really good. I thought he looked really good in that left centre spot. Obviously got moved to right back row so they could bring the liability in my head for on later in the game. And, and you look at that, Cam Scott, what? What, 20, 30 grand, Maya Fanua, 200 grand? Christ. Yeah. That's the problem. Connor yeah, so Wynn, so... ten times better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Connor Wynn as yeah. well, looked very good in the centre spot. And people will say, yeah, he's had two good games in the centre now, one at Lee, one at Salford. Admittedly, yeah. they are the dross of Salford League, but still you play what's in front of you. And he's, look, he's good on his feet, he's Connor. And he brings in, yeah, he brings energy to the side quick. as well. Yeah, he's quick. And he's quick, exactly. That's that thing, in it? Pace. Oh. And what winds me up is you look at the pace that Ellen's play with and... How well conditioned they are, the faster, the more agile. Yep. We're really sluggish, we are, aren't we? We're so sluggish, we're slow. Um, unfortunately, mate, that starts at acting half. It does, yeah. That ball's got yeah. a fizz from the base of the rock and it hasn't in years. In years, yeah, exactly. Probably arguably since Aaron Heremiah was at the club. And I was a big fan of Heremiah, yeah. a bit annoyed when he went to yeah. witness at the time as well. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... 
is what it is. Do you know, just just to throw a real spanner in this, right? Um, and I know what we're going to get onto in a minute, and, and and we could probably talk about it at length. But um, there's massive rumours that Josh Hodgson isn't happy at Canberra, and Canberra are more or less saying to other clubs, "Well, if you want him, you can have him." Now, practically every NRL club has got their hooking options sorted for next year, and Canberra have got more than able deputy for um, for Hodgson. Um, the rumour is that if he can find another club, he could go. Now. I mean, I know we wouldn't be able to offer him massive money, but as a dominant half, you know, as a dominant acting half, he would do a whole lot of good. It'd be returning to the club that he started his career. Um, he would be a, a very good foil for Sneed, for Reynolds, for Connor. You could you could spell him half half time with um, with Houghton if you had to, or you could bring Houghton on, at, you know, or you bring Shaw on or whatever to to cover dummy half, and he moves into lock moves into loose forward like he does at Canberra I reckon we should be at least exploring the option I, I agree and because every whole FC fan out there now I think knows that they can see it that we need a new direction in the hooking department I think everyone sees it but the club and that's that's concerning isn't it? I know yeah. obviously fans will always whinge and some will never be happy but when you've got your large core of fans and I always say I don't criticise lightly. I don't like. I hate criticising who I say. It kills me. You know. I don't get any satisfaction in saying all of this. It, I, I absolutely hate the fact that we're having a pop at Danny Elton, that we're having a pop at Scott Taylor, and Mark Steve, that we're criticising. You know, players that have done some phenomenal things in a whole FC jersey. I don't want to do that, but the reality is you can't hide from it. And it's, it, what we're seeing right now from those isn't acceptable, and it's not good enough. And that's the reality of it. But it's not like we want to do it. You know, I just don't, I just, like I say, I, I don't criticise like that, but I won't bury my head in the sand with it, and I'll always call it as I see it, and I just think, why can't the club see it? Why couldn't they see it before COVID was even a thing? They should have been looking at hookers in 2019, knowing that Houghton contract ended at the end of 2020. They should have been looking a year before at potential hookers to bring in in 2021. So you can't even use the COVID excuse here, because it should have been done before COVID was even a thing. But they didn't, because oh, it's Danny Outland. Did that tackle at Wembley? Yeah, I'll give him another two-year deal. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could arguably, you could argue and, and say, well, they were looking at hookers, and that's why we signed Jordan Johnson. But he's he's not he's not, he's not good. Oh, enough. was that a panic? Simple that was a panic buy because we let Jez. Well, I say we let Jez Litton go. Yeah, Jez Litton, Litton go, yeah. We gave him a shocking deal, and he said, you know what? You can bugger off. I'm off to Rovers. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And, yeah. and why why would why would he? And, you know, thinking, oh yeah, why would he do that and go to Rovers? Well, who played Danny Washbrook and Dean Adley at nine in front of him? Come on. <laughs> it's exactly what we said the other week, you know? And that's why Andy Last chucked it. Yeah. Andy Last chucked it at Hooker because we were playing bloody Paul King at Hooker in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just frustrates the hell of you, doesn't it? And then you watch all and you see the passes from Dummy after at the Buddy heads and you, you've got the first receiver, Buddy, putting his arms in the air to catch the bleeding ball you know, above his head at the Dan Coles, you name it. It's just so slow. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a simple fact of the matter, isn't it? If you're making 40 odd tackles a match, you're going to be fatigued when you're trying to you're trying to nail a player from 20 metres away. Simple as. Your yeah. arms are going to be tired. You're yeah. going to be tired. No matter how good the engine of Danny Houghton has been over years and years and years, at some point there comes there comes a time when you just kind of go, mate, you can't do it to the same level that you used to be able to do it to. And if that means taking him off after 20 minutes and spelling him, or if that means dropping him from the squad altogether, then you have to do it. And I'm, I wonder what pressure 
he's brought to bear on Hodgson to pick the team that the owner wants or whether he has got autonomy. I wonder. Well, that's, that's the thing, in it? And, and as for Hodgson, people calling for his head, come on. just open it. It's just ridiculous. What can he do? It's not. What yeah. what can Hodgson do at the moment right now with his hands tied? He obviously, he's addressed the, the type of winger that he wants and, we're, and now we've got two absolute fires next year in Adam Swift and Dino McIntosh. But yep. we all know that until the hooker and the halfback are sorted out, they're not going to get anywhere. It's as simple as that. And obviously, he's got he's got his hands tied. We've seen the... We've seen the things that he's brought to West Ham at the start of the year before things went south, and obviously they rediscovered resilience. The fact we were much tougher, harder to beat, and we yeah. did see some signs in attack as well. Defense, obviously, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely saw some signs in attack. Obviously, that was largely helped with Jake Connor at fullback, who's obviously been outstanding. But yeah, I mean, people having a go at him, it's like well, the but you can't just blame coach after coach after coach. There's obviously a common denominator here, and that's the that's the players, and and I suppose this is where we can come into it now. Where, you know, up the cream podcast episode twenty five, Cull FC. <laughs> you love a pun. Love a Cull pun. FC. Absolutely love yeah. a pun, mate. But yeah, I mean, we've got three criteria should we go for here. Keep, keep, get rid. Uh, freezing carbonate and erect a statue. We'll go with that for the third option. Okay, so we're gonna go through the entire squad. The entire squad, yeah. The entire squad. I mean, obviously, do it squad number order. I'll let you take the lead here. I'll just say if I agree or if I disagree. But obviously, number one, Jake Connor. This should be a nice easy one to start with. Well, you got to keep. Yeah. Best player in the team. I, I'd actually... Oh, I was going to disagree straight away. Get the statue up now. Get the statue up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bloke is phenomenal. I always remember Adrian Darren wrote, obviously, his all-time Hull FC sad for uh, up the cream a few issues ago and he said that he hopes it's only a matter of time before Jake Connor leaves it impossible to leave him out the side I don't think it'll be long before that's the case the, he's a freak he's just yeah the talent at his disposal and the potential Jake Connor's still got he's still only 26 years old it could be an absolutely you know right at the right at the pinnacle of FC players and I'm thinking as good in the Super League era as good as a Richard Horn as good as a Jason Smith I'm thinking that sort of pedigree yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. He's he's going to be. Um, um, he, he needs he needs to add another season or two of sustained brilliance. But then, yeah, you, you you're talking about him in that in in those terms. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, next up, obviously, is Brett Farima, mm. and that's an awkward one because he actually is leaving the club. <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, I mean that's that's the problem, isn't it? Is is that he's been he's been good. I mean he's not been great, and he's but he's been he hasn't let us down when he's been in the squad this year. Um, um, yeah, unfortunately, like we said, like we said, you know, ad ad infinite. I mean, he's he's a unfortunately he's exactly the same type of player as Mahe Fanua. Mahe Fanua's got an extra year on his contract than him, so we have to keep Fanua and we've got to get rid of him, which is unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, so here's what it is. He probably goes in the get rid pile as well, based on who we've got in the wings and obviously the situation. That the yeah. fact that it don't matter if we want to keep him, he's going anyway. So it's it's tough titty, isn't it? It's is what it is. Uh, next up is Carlos Tumavave. Yeah, well that's a that's a dead keep, isn't it? Um, yeah, we want him to finish his career off with us. 
And I think he does too. Yeah, that, that's probably bordering statue territory as well. Mm. I absolutely love the bloke. I mean, we had that big thing last week, didn't we, with the Kiwis with Richard Swain. And I rate Carlos as highly as I do Swain. A brilliant player. He's, yeah, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And we've still got him for three more years yet as well, which is, you know, exciting, really. Um, yeah, absolutely. He, the thing is with Carlos, he stands out every week. He's just, you know, defensively sound. He's good with the ball. Yeah, brilliant player. He's classy. Yeah. He's, he's classy. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a Rolls-Royce um, in a team full of, um, in a team full of old bangers, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good analogy, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Number four, Josh Griffin. Yeah, well, unfortunate with injury, um, but I'd, I'd say that we had to keep him. Yeah, absolutely. Another, you know, really strong centre. Uh, I'd argue when he's fit and he's in, he's in form. He's probably one of the best in the comp. Uh, obviously, his meter making abilities are outstanding. He's tough. Yeah, he's been a really good player for us, as Griff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, definitely going to keep Powell there. Uh, <laughs> this could be an easy one. Number five, my hair for newer. Yeah, get rid next. <laughs> Yeah, on on current form, I agree. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's it just yeah. We think the cap space that he's taking up as well. Uh, next one could be interesting. Uh, Josh Reynolds. <sighs> mm. Unlucky at the moment with injury. Um, I'd, I'd say we, we've got to give him another year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we, we look yeah. we look different when, when he's in the team. We look better when he's in the team. Well, you look how shite we've been the past two games without him. It can't be a coincidence, mm. can it? Mm. And like I say, we worked great in the derby, but you get your full complement of the span there. Reynolds with Connor, it, it it worked. It was enough to beat, you know, the obviously the Harlem Globe trot a blistering attack like his old Kingston Rovers. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think he's definitely worth another year and, and see how it goes and see if that combination with with Connor and obviously Sneed because yeah. whether we like it or not they're gonna, that's that's what it's going to be so yeah I think I think that's fair yeah I think I, I just think we, we have to give him one, one more year yeah at least yeah, uh, yeah I agree um, next up is Max Sneed just hard because on, on when he's in form absolutely you build a team around him problem is he hasn't been in form for quite a while um, yeah I don't know. Um, on his kicking game alone, you keep him, don't you? Yeah, I, I get that. The, what, the only thing that winds you up with Sneed is that he has to have, like I say, all the tools on the field together to be able to perform. And I want a seven that can pull something out the bag. You know, we had that in Albert Kelly. Obviously, we don't have that now. We need, you know, look at Nathan Cleary right now. I know it's a different ball game. So we're talking, you know, absolute different levels right now, but. What he does on the field is, is ridiculous. He'll pull a game out of the bag. It's not going Penrith's way, do something, next minute, boom, try. You know, the great halfbacks all do that, don't they? And, and when I'm thinking, you know, all sh- people say, oh, why should all have that type of halfback? Well, we spent 2.5 million on the cap, so you're telling me we can't find the money for it. It's like, it's, it's there, it's just we're not spending it in the right areas. And yeah. I don't know, it's a tough one because, like you say, Sneed with Connor. With Reynolds and with a with a nine, he's fine. I mean, he can cover it. But when you're asking to need to create and be that sort of leader, you know that that main creative outlet with ball and hand especially, and with a running game that's non-existent, that's when it becomes tough. And I'd probably well, if 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 you want an answer, I'd probably say keep for next year. 
but 2022, that wouldn't be renewing his contract. I think we need to look down a different direction. Yeah, yeah agreed. Agreed. Next up, Scott Taylor. Get rid of. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Sadly, he just hasn't been the same player for. I think he's got a point to prove now. He's two two injury hit seasons. Again, it's that. It's that. I mean, that word, that culture, the attitude, the the whole thing. I just. I don't know. I just think it's all wrong. Um, and I, I would, I really would question whether he actually wants to be wants to be great again. I really would. Um, yeah, I think we definitely need to be going down a, a, a different direction with that leader group, leadership group. So, yeah, I'd agree with that there. Uh, Danny Alton. Yeah, get rid. Yeah, that was an easy one. Uh, Chris Satay. Obviously got to keep. Yeah. Best, best player on the on the pitch consistently all year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, him and Connor have been on a different level, uh, obviously followed by some of Harvey. Yeah, again, easy. Andre Sevilla. Keep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, he's obviously found a bit of continuity in appearance, which has helped this year. He's looked good at times. He has faded in the past two games, but I think that goes hand in hand with the performances that we've seen. I think, yeah, he's definitely worth keeping. As I say, he's been he's been good in parts this year. He's, you know, he's runs a good line, can score a try. There was just one thing that really did piss me off in the cast game, though, and he had a right pop at Ben McNamara, uh, yeah. but Ben actually did the right thing. He drew, drew, he engaged the line, drew the uh, cast defender in. If Savellio ran his line properly, he would have stormed over and scored a try, but, yeah, he was giving Ben a mouthful for some reason. I don't know about what 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 went on there, but, yeah, I think overall, I'd keep Savellio. I've been quite happy with him this year. Mm, yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, and the, the only thing I'd say with Savellio is, yeah, it's all very well and good having a go at Josh Jones and having a bit of a, you know, being, be, you know, having a go at him for what happened last year and everything. But when it ends up with you getting a suspension out of it and missing the next two or three matches when we could ill afford to lose another forward, he's got to be smarter. Yeah. I, I agree. I think he was really unlucky in his first season. Last year was COVID affected and everything, but this year he showed the signs of the player that we signed. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, number 12, Manu Mau. Mm. Yeah, I reckon at least one more season. Well, they've got a one-year option, the club. Um, mm. I mean, against Rovers, he was phenomenal. He runs the ball in like a lunatic every week. and He's one of the forwards that we've got that definitely goes on the pitch and makes an impact. He's probably not the... You know, the line-breaking, offload king that many thought he would be coming from Parramatta. But, yeah, I think he's a very tough player and I think he's had his moments. So I think he's definitely worth another year. Um, yeah, agreed. And we're playing him differently as well. We're not playing him the same. He's not playing the same role for us that he played for Parra. Exactly. Because we haven't got the same players that Parra have got. Well, yeah, exactly. You think, you know, Parramatta is running off Mitchell Moses. <laughs> you know, Mitchell Moses could probably make me and you, me and you look good. <laughs> Yeah, don't go too far, but yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, number 13 is Liggy Sal. Yeah, keep. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, he's gone with... Pack leader. Yeah, keep. pack leader. Yeah. He's been very good this year. Uh, not perfect, don't get me wrong, there's an error in him and his discipline's pretty poor, but overall, yeah, definitely keep. Uh, Jordan Johnston. Get rid. Agreed. Yeah, nice and easy one, that. Just not good enough. Uh, 15, Joe Cater. Keep. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think many old fans will disagree with that. Uh, good young player. Uh, again, shame he got a season-ending injury. Achilles, uh, 
yeah, it just brings energy. I mean, people mentioning SARS, but I think you can cover it when you've got, you know, your, your satires out there, your, your sows, and, you know, if we had a couple more, obviously, big middles, which we all desire. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with Kate, a good player. Knows what it's all about as well, and, yeah, I, I'd be happy with that there. Next up, Jordan Lane. Yep, keep. Yeah, again, goes without saying, you know, one of best things about all at the start of the year was Jordan Lane started the year superbly at Lewis Man, didn't he? Uh, hmm. Faded a little bit as the season's gone on. Probably goes hand in hand with both performances. Unfortunately, we're just not as assertive as we are in the middle of the field right now. But, yeah, I think Lane is definitely something we can build around. Uh, yeah, totally. Brad Fash. Well, we've already re-signed him, haven't we? Um, look, he never lets us down. He's never going to be an absolute superstar. Um, but I think... Everybody, every team needs a Brad Fash, and I think you know I'll be quite happy to keep Brad Fash. Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, if like you say, it's like Kater. If you've got four big middles around him, it's fine. He, he, and Brash bring, Fash brings some stuff to the table. He's very dependent. He's he hardly ever makes an error. In fact, you never see him like take the ball in and ball comes free in the tackle or anything like that he don't miss many tackles either in defence he's very efficient you know, that's a good word for Fash efficient yes uh, yeah. yeah I'd be happy for him to stay at all obviously he has got a new deal so he will be doing but yeah you know yeah. Uh, you know, a little cool thing yeah I'd be happy with that uh, next up be 19 Ben McNamara as a squad player yes um, but he, he needs he needs a he needs a spell on loan, where he's in charge of a club, where he's in charge of a of a of an attack, week in week out to learn his craft. Okay, yeah, well, right, we'll go with that then. Uh, definitely needs some first team appearances. Away from all, yeah, hundred percent. You know, throw throw him out to York or throw him out somewhere like that, and and say to York, if um, you know, if um. If you have him, you have to play him, and you have to play him at seven. Otherwise, we'll recall him. Yeah, you know? and send him somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the problem with the reserve grade as well. Lack of reserve grade. It was good to hear last week that that's returning for two thousand and twenty-two. Because yeah, you bang that drum every bloody year, don't we, as fans? I think we all do, and it's just so important. It just it just has to be there. You've got to have something, something for the your young and your fringe players to play in and aspire to to get to first grade, rather than just sat on the training field. Because you can train all you want. It's not the same as playing and. Yeah, it's tough for these young kids. I mean, the next one as well, Jack Brown, it's been tough for him because he's hardly played the past two years. You think he's probably played about 20 games in two years because there's been mm. no reserve grade. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that's... Yeah, you can say that, but it's the same for every team, isn't it? So we can't hide behind it because it's it's the same for everyone. No, that's true. That I just true. think other, other, other teams might have been a little bit smarter with putting people out on loan yeah. than we have. No, that, that's fair. Yeah, you look at uh, yeah, you look at St. Helens. They've put Josh Eves out on loan at Lee. Uh, yeah, they sent a couple of us to uh, lower league clubs as well. A couple went to Wakefield. So yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, as for Brown himself, I think yeah, there's a lot lot of potential there. He's still only twenty one years old. Definitely a keep for me. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and he's he's way off his best years as well. Yeah, because you because know, he's going to mature into that position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think number 21, Adam Swift, I think that's an easy one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's, he's been a revelation for me. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Brilliant. Uh, 
again, easy one for different reasons. Josh Borden. Yeah, get rid. Yeah, agreed. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, 23 corner win. Keep. Yeah, I agree. Some, something to go on there. Just for his speed. For his speed and his utility value. Yeah, and the fact that, again, I mentioned it earlier, but he's cheap. He's not going to cost much on the cap, and he's a perfect player to bring in, as as we've seen. You know, he can play at centre, he can play at full-back. He could probably do a job on the wing as well, if need be. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, Cam Scott, next up. Yep, keep. I'm happy with that. He gets a lot of stick, but I, I, I think there's something there. Probably an unpopular opinion right now amongst the FC fans, but I can say yep. anyone who watched no, that no, side of the game... I, yeah. I think Keep. I think I, I, he's another one, mate, that's going to grow into grow into his his uh, his role. I think you know he's you know you don't you don't become you know what was Great Britain under eight teams or England under eight teams or whatever captain without having something. You yeah. know, and if he'd be, be one of them that if we got rid of him, he'd go somewhere else and blossom. Yeah, you yeah, know, we've right. we got to keep him and we've got to nurture him through this. He's probably been thrown in at the deep end a little bit, and arguably, you know, he's not had a a regular run in the team. Yeah, but um, I think with a regular room, uh, a regular running the team, I think, I think, yeah, absolutely. No, that's fair. Uh, I'll be happy with that. Uh, Twenty-five, Masimo Mashimotonga. It's a shame because he's been injured, and I think he's got a lot of potential, but I don't think he's good enough. Enough, had too many. He's had enough chances for me. Uh, yeah, not kicked on. Yeah, get rid. Twenty-six. It's a shame because you know when we, when we played St George. Yeah. Down here, yeah. I thought he was the pick of the forwards. That yeah, day. I he was. It was great. He was brilliant. Yeah, but it just doesn't kick down from that, you know, that no, promise. Yes. So I say, and got that aggression. Look at the aggression that Brad Fash plays with. He's half the size. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what winds me up. You think that physique should be killing it? I always look at Chris Green. He was what six foot six, massive shoulders. Should be absolutely killing it, mate. Uh, yeah. yeah, he never did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Twenty six is Jude Ferreira, which is a. I mean, this is probably. Well, we're getting a bit ridiculous now, so we're getting to the back end of the whole squad. This is a young kid, a teenager that hasn't played first team yet, so <laughs> probably, like I say, I'll probably be taking up less than 1% of the cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, too early for me. Um, you've, you've got to, um, you've got to, you've got to see him on a more sustained basis, and unfortunately with no reserve grade and all the rest of it, um, you know. Yeah. What do you, you do? Yeah, you keep him for now, don't you, and see how he progresses next year with this reserve grade and if he starts smashing it in reserve grade then he can think about first team call-ups when, when required. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 27 is Mitalai Vulajikapani. Oh, look, for the amount of money he's on, I think you've got to keep him. Uh, yeah, if he, yeah, if he's on a cheap deal, I can sort of get that. Uh, but again, he hasn't had a look in for a while now. You're looking at all... I mean, if looking at wingers that we said we're going to keep, we're getting rid of Freeman, we're keeping Swift. Obviously, McIntosh speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, yeah, you, you probably need another another winger. And with the fact that it's cheap as well, I don't count on McClorter. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, probably worth another year because he'll play the reserve grade predominantly and, and come in as of when injuries and suspensions dictate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's fair. The only issue you've got with him is that he hasn't really got any um, utility value. He's a winger and a winger only, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, as you can see, yeah, Connor Wins can do your job on the wing, the centre, full-back. 
it's just the fact that it's, it, like you say he's cheap but then you know, we should be keeping him just because he's cheap uh, I, I, that's a tough one actually you know. it is it's a tough one because you could be saying if your first two wingers next year are Swift and McIntosh in an ideal world you've already binned off for newer. you know you've got Connor Wynn who can do, say, can do a job there Cam Scott on the wing as a push I just, I'm going to stick with keep as you say because you need your third out and out winger. You've got to have you you know, you've got to have three out and outs. So yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be happy to keep him. And the fact that he's cheap and he'll do a job for us on the wing and you know he's no slouch, is he? He's got two tries at Uddersfield. So yeah, there's some yeah, I'll be happy with that. Uh, also, squad number twenty eight is Harvey Baran, another one who broke his leg earlier in the year. We haven't actually seen him make a first team debut yet. Again, he's a teenager. He's meant to be six foot three odd and lightning quick. So. Guess we'll just see how he goes in the reserves and can't really judge him, can we? Really? No, you can't. I mean, he's not regular chance, has he? No, not yet. Uh, moving on, this will be interesting. Twenty nine is Jamie Shaw. <sighs> yeah. Um. Speed is one thing we're lacking. Yeah. Speed is one thing he's got. Um. On that basis alone. And the hope that he develops into a he develops into a um, a, a, a backup hooker or, or develops into more of a utility back um, and his cover for Connor at fullback. I think you've got to keep him, yeah. but I don't think we should be paying the same money that we've been paying for him because he's not our number one. See, that's that's see, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. Yeah. I would keep him on a reduced deal, but on. A deal which, let's face it, he probably is on that would probably match a, let's say, would match a, a Griffin maybe or, or a Taylor. And I'm not so sure. On that basis, I'm going to go get rid. Wow. Okay. Because I think that cap money, that cap money, Jake Connor is the fullback. There's there's no there's no debate for me if there. Uh, if like I say, if Shaw was on the on the right contract, I'd be quite happy to to keep him, but. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that cap money can be better spent elsewhere. It's just, yeah, I, I'm going to go get rid. Well, okay. Okay, no, no, I, I get it. I get it completely. Uh, number 30 was, it was number 30 for all these days, didn't we? Uh, Jack, <laughs> I think we gave a number to Jack Logan, didn't we? Yeah. I so, think we did give a number yeah, to Jack Logan. Yeah, yeah okay. Jack Logan yeah. had number 30, so forget that. Number 31, well, 31 and 32 are Aidan Burrell and Marcus Walker. They're young kids, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't say no to them. Yeah, you just you keep them on the books for now, don't you, and see how they go in the reserves yeah. next year. But, yeah, yeah that, that that's interesting. Uh, I think the players we actually said we'll get rid of there, obviously, Freema, well, based on the, largely on the fact that he's going anyway. Freema's gone, yeah. yeah. We haven't got a choice there. Fanua. Uh, back end of 2022, I want to see Sneed gone. I want to see Taylor, Houghton, Johnston, Burden, Matonga, and maybe controversially so, Jamie Shaw. I, I probably have been a little bit harsh there. I mean, don't forget Jamie Shaw's... Again, but I, I, I'm I looking at it thinking that's harsh because he's done some phenomenal things in the past and scored 100 tries for the club. That's in the past, though, isn't it? I, I, it yeah, there's some mileage in there to have an interchange spot for Shaw, 100%. But... Yeah, there is. There is, there He's never going to be the fullback while Jake Connor's there now. I mean, Jake Connor, what's he got? About 20 assists in Super League now and what, 14 games or whatever he's played? It's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 totally. Totally, 
Um, and I just said it, didn't I? Um, yeah, I, I, I just think um, the problem you've got at the moment with 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 that is that you've got a player who's an out and out fullback, and a player who wants to be an out and out halfback playing at fullback because other people have told him that's where he's best. Yeah. You know, I just think uh, you've just got to be, um, you've you've just got to be um, a little bit, a little bit cognizant that, yeah, it's all good now, um, but is it going to carry on being all good? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It is, uh, but yeah, I suppose that's that's our call FC anyway. But if looking at that squad. And bear in mind, this is including the you know your your back ends of your like your Burrells and your Walkers. That's Connor, two of Harvey Griffin, Reynolds, uh, Satai, Savilio, Mao, Sal, Kater, Fash, Lane, uh, Swift, Brown, Ben McNamara, Connor Wayne, Cam Scott, Joe Ferreira, Harvey Brand, Mitoli, Vujicapani, Dino McIntosh obviously comes in, and then as I say, the two youngsters themselves, Walker and Burrell. That's who would keep. Uh, so there's many that yeah, would disagree imagine, with that. Imagine the cap space. Imagine the cap space we'd free up. Well, the, cap, the thing is, with those names that we've mentioned that would get rid, in, I'd argue in Fenua, Taylor, Houghton, Sneed, probably even Shaw and Borden, there's a, that's a big cap percentage there. I mean, there's, well, there's a big cap percentage in Fenua alone, but imagine what you can do with the cap space for that be freed up from the seven and the nine. And imagine if Full FC did have you know, a hooker and you have back a couple of props. Because that's the thing, we talk about all of them, we, we get really cynical, we get really negative, but I don't think we're a full team away from being good again. We are literally no, we're not. a handful of players. No, we're not. Yeah. We're, we're probably, yeah, we're, we're spending too much cap on probably three or four players. You get rid of them, and you get players that are going to perform just as well for about three quarters of the money, and then you get an extra player on top, or an extra two players well, on top. Exactly, yeah. And we can get really positive. Give you more strength in depth. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And we can get real positive here and say that the full-back's absolutely outstanding. The two centres yeah. are ridiculous. Two of Arvin Griffin are two of the best. The two wingers next year, McIntosh and Swift, are out and out speedsters. Good luck catching them if we make a break. You've got a very good prop in Satay. This is just where it goes downhill a bit, because you've got Satay and Sal, but you've got not, not much else going with them. We've got two, two guys in Cater and Lane, obviously fighting for the loose man, and then one on the interchange. Again, they would be helped with a you know a bigger prop. Uh, again, Josh Reynolds again with all those parts together. I definitely think he's worth another another year and gets the benefit of the doubt. Because again, you know you see it now. Um, we've said it plenty of times already in the past hour or so. But when he's not there, you notice that he's not there. Yes. So there's the makings there of a, of a decent side. I mean, we have got some decent youngsters. I mean, Jack Brown will be the first to admit that he's made some daft errors this year and probably tries to do too much and try and make too much of an impact when he comes on and not just focus on the basics. But I think he, in the derby, he was very good. That was his last performance. I think he was very good in the derby. There's definitely something to go on there. With Con Scott and Conor Wynn, I think there's something to go on. Yeah. And like we we with Champagne, they obviously the club's direction and the academy stuff that they've announced this year, and you'd like to think that in a few years' time we'll we'll bear the fruit of that as well, and we'll start to bring these players through like a Wigan do, like a St. Helens do, like a Leeds do. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to be optimistic and say that we are literally just a handful of players away from, like I say, from being a good again. We get a seven, we get a nine, a couple of props. Because when we've been good this year, we haven't been far away. It's just unfortunate when we've been bad, we've been bloody bad again. 
and you know, you know, start the season, we were ecstatic that we seem to have found our mojo again. You know, it's just uh, it's just a problem at the moment that we've we've lost it again. You know, and, and I think it's showing it's showing up the holes in the squad that we always knew were there, but we were papering over with some some gritty performances. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, what we need to do now is really back our coach because I think our coach is the right person for the job. Um, I think we need to back him, and I think if he if he comes out and says, well, this player, this player, this player are under contract but surplus to requirements. Well, then we need to have the balls to actually say to those players, look, you're under contract and we can't force you to leave, but you're free to explore other options. Yeah, yeah, again, that's fine. You, you've we're got not going to pay that, you out. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to pay you out. But if you can find another club, we're not going to stand in your way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the actuality of it now, isn't it? Uh, we can't yeah. do what we did for Radford and pay off players to get basically get rid of them. Yeah. We haven't, unfortunately, haven't got the means to do that now with obviously the, the COVID world and all that nonsense. And yeah, it's just not viable. So we're stuck with what we've got, and this is why it could get ugly again next year. And and problems won't be addressed until two thousand and twenty-three, which is enough to start. Well, I never mind start. It's enough for me to continue pulling my hair out, screaming, getting frustrated every week, and then doing it all again the next next week. So yeah, it's it's crazy what we do as LFC fans, isn't it? But yeah. <laughs> I think some will argue that we could have been a lot more harsh there and definitely given the benefit of the doubt to a couple of players. But like I say, in the get rid column there, there's some serious cap money and if that was spent properly, I think, I think we could definitely be good again. Uh, so moving on to the other side of the world then, can't uh, not mention this. Uh, obviously, we've had a little go Josh Hodgson, but the big talking point in the NRL was Latrell Mitchell. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, look, really cynical, horrible foul. You know, when with no intent to tackle properly, um, you know, what else could he do? It was either going to be a shoulder charge or it was going to be an elbow. He's done it to a player who he's known for years and grown up with and come through the Roosters ranks with. Um, and, you know, like Trent Robinson said in the in the aftermatch uh, press conference, it's only because Joey Manu got up and, and said, why have you done this to me? And stood up for himself with a fractured eye socket, which was you know, unfortunately, with that injury, it, it ruptures into your airway a little bit. So while he was breathing, his face was getting bigger because the air was getting under the skin and it was horrible to watch. Um, you know, and it's only because Joey Manu got up with a face like that and walked up to him and said, what the hell do you think you're doing? And then the players started a little bit of a fracas that anything was done about it. Latrell Mitchell was probably going to get away with it. You know, and then, then to send him off on a sin bin when... He's got form this year, you know. He kicked out in the tackle and head eye tackle against Tigers and got four match ban. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he's and then you know he comes up, he goes off for ten minutes, comes back on, scores the try that actually put the Roosters to bed, and then you know gets up and throws the ball at the play, at the player's head that's on the ground. He just had a complete red mist moment, I think, um, unfortunately. And he's a great player and he's a champion player, but he's not a nice person. And I think that's the issue with Latrell Mitchell at the moment. He needs somebody to... Um, he, he needs to be guided. He, he needs a, a mentor or something that's going to pull him aside and just go, it's not enough to be skillful. You've got to be humble. No, that's that's a yeah, great way of putting it. Uh, listen to Andrew Vossi's uh, podcast uh, this week and he spoke about one word in particular and that was integrity. I thought he nailed it. Yeah. That was 
you know, brilliant listen, obviously by one of the games, well, arguably the game's best caller uh, on either side of the Well draw. voted by the fans in the NRL poll this year, it was, it was voted again as the number one caller in the game. Yeah, it's, there's watching Rugby League, then there's watching Rugby League with Andrew Voss. Uh, yeah, but you, you're absolutely right. You look right. at the difference, actually. That, that, bears, that bears a bit of thing as well, because you look at the difference, Fox Sports, who had Greg Alexander and Cooper Cronk and um, a female host, um, Yvonne Sampson, on the on the kind of panel after the Roosters um, and South game, and Cronk knowing Latrell Mitchell and and um, Greg Alexander as as a as you know the closest thing you're going to get to a to a, a pure neutral, both said that is absolutely out of order, and we can't wait to hear what the head coach is going to say because I don't think he's going to hold back, and I think he's going to end up with a fine. Yeah, you contrast that with what happened on the Channel Nine call when you had Gus Gould and a few others going, oh, it was an accident. Didn't mean to go for the head. Move on. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? We, Do you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Levels, isn't it? I mean, me and you have been yeah. obviously quite vocal in our our uh, stain, obviously, for the, the way the NRL's gone with head-eye contact. Yeah. But, no, yeah. that one was a disgrace. It was. There's no place yeah. for that in the game. It was, it was 100%... A sin bin, I agree. It should have arguably been a red card, especially when you think what they were giving yellow and red cards out for six weeks ago, as you said off air. So, yeah, I think the NRL are getting it right though overall. I think the NRL is much more enjoyable to watch again. It's, it's like its old self again, if you like. Uh, I mean, I'm starting being a sad git again watching three, four, five, six, and sometimes seven, eight games a weekend. And or, <laughs> luckily with the Watch NRL app, we've got the luxury of watching a midweek. I can put one on. Yeah. You know, on a Wednesday night, like recording this Wednesday morning, I could put one on tonight in theory and watch it. Uh, so yeah, I think it's definitely got more Joe back. The NRL definitely enjoy it again. I mean, Para turning off the storm was a great game. Oh, great game! I mean, who'd, who'd have picked that? Oh yeah, exactly. Was it twenty twenty for, wins in a row? Was it? Storm going for twenty wins in a row, which would have beaten the seventies Roosters team, which are particular. You know, usually fated as one of the best sides ever. Yeah. You know, and then they they fall to a Parramatta team who have been in free fall for the last four or five weeks. You know, they they almost played Parramatta Reels back into into some semblance of form. This weekend coming is going to be, you know, obviously the last round of the regular season. The Raiders play the first game on Thursday night, tomorrow night as, as it is, this time tomorrow for me. Um, you know, and, and they've then got to wait until practically the, the last match of the round on Sunday to see if they make the eight. They've got to beat the Roosters first and then wait. You know, so that's going to be a real nail-biting time for them. You know, the Storm would probably have rested a load of players this week against the Sharks uh, because they should have wrapped up the minor premiership last week against the Eels but didn't. So they've probably got to play a full team against the Sharks. The Panthers play the Eels. So the Eels are getting back into form and they're playing the Panthers, although the, the mail is that the Eels are resting Gutherson and a load of players and they're giving up fourth they've given up any chance in fourth and are just happy to finish fifth and rest players up for the week after. Um, Broncos and Knights, Knights just, they're more or less guaranteed seventh. So, you know, Broncos will be out to spoil the party a little bit and they've been playing better, but you'd think that the Knights are probably better than them. Same with the Cowboys, they've been playing better, but they're not as good as the Seagulls, Manly should smash them. Then the Buddies against the Dragons, you know, Dragons are in free fall. Titans and the Warriors, if the Titans win, and um, and 
the Raiders lose, the Titans are in the eight all of a sudden. You know, and then the last ra- match of the round is the biggest nothing match ever, which is the Tigers and the Bulldogs, yeah. two of the worst teams in the bloody league. So you know, it kind of pe- the, the, the regular season kind of reaches a crescendo. You've got three, four really good matches, and then it just kind of goes Poof. at the end. It's like rubbish. So yeah, it'd be interesting this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it will be. And obviously, then it's finals time, and we'll all look forward to to that. Uh, Whole FC NRL connections then. Ironically, we've just spent a lot of time on the Sydney Roosters talking about one incident, and it's the Sydney Roosters slash Eastern Suburbs that you've gone for this week. Yeah, well, I kind of thought that... Um, I, I, I've been kind of dodging this one because I, I thought it would be a really long one, um, and I'm, I'm being proved right, actually. It's, it's a hell of a list um, <laughs> of players. And it, it, goes, it goes right back, this list of players, um, right back to Herb Gilbert. Yeah. who um, we all know was um, the first overseas um, captain ever to lift the, the Challenge Cup in 2014, a whole player. And, um, 1914. Just, <laughs> did I say two, did I, I said it again. I did that last time, didn't I? Yeah, last time sorry. we spoke about that team, you did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. 1914. It just, you know, it doesn't seem like 106 years ago, 107 years ago, whatever. Um, yeah, that's so, yeah, what our I mean, granddad would tell us. Yeah, exactly. So, just you know, the, the first overseas um, captain to lift the the, uh, the cup. So, you know, will always be um, a legend. Um, and played for a few teams over here. Played for the uh, the Dragons, where it was just St George. Um, obviously, played for the Roosters um, as well, and played for Western Suburbs as well. Uh, but Herb Gilbert's the first name on the list. George Watt who was Hull's hooker immediately post-Second World War and was actually one of Hull's oldest surviving players. He was living on Boothbury Estate. Yeah, I remember um, seeing that, yeah. Yeah, ex-Balmain player as well, yeah. George Watt had a season at the Roosters. And then nothing for years and years and years until you get to some names that you will recognise. Noel Cleal started his career at the Roosters, not really well known because he's more known for being either a, a Bulldogs player or a... Um, or a manly player, but uh, yeah, he did start his career at the Roosters. Um, Dave Brown, who was uh, he was actually named uh, the Dally M Prop of the Year a couple of years before he, he ended up at Hull. Played for Hull 86-87, did Dave Brown. Good player. Did, never really got the the, um, the plaudits as a Hull player. He came right at the end of his career. Terry Regan, uh, another club that Terry Regan played for with the Roosters. Scott Gale as well, um, started his career at the Roosters with his brother. Um, before he ended up probably better known as a Balmain player, but um, well, he's dead now, bless him, motor neuron disease. Um, Wayne Portlock played for his 91 to 92. He was almost, he was the, the player who kind of replaced Patrick Ontat. Um, at, uh, he played, more or less played standoff um, outside Greg Mackey. Greg Mackey kind of moved from six to seven. Uh, and we signed Wayne, Wayne Portlock. He, he wasn't fantastic and he only signed for half a season. So he played September to December and then went home. And um, I can't remember from, from memory who we played um, at halfback after that. But um, yeah, um, bit of a flash in the pan, Wayne Portlock. Um, the Roosters are yet another club that Graham Mackay played for. Oh, wow. <laughs> What did you say in the blog last week? <laughs> Unbelievable. He's been everywhere, hasn't he? Um, Scott Logan, as well, um, started his career at the Roosters. Um, finished his career. He, he went from Hull to Wigan, and then from Wigan finished his career at Canberra Raiders. But Scott Logan, we signed him from the Roosters um, uh, 2003-04, I think. Um, Nathan Blacklock, 
started his career at the Roosters, although better known as a, as a St George player. Richie Barnett as well started his career at the Roosters. Peter Cusack, probably better known for being a Souths player, but uh, the Yak, as he was known, uh, started his career at the Roosters as well. Craig Fitzgibbon. Uh, obviously famous for being a Roosters uh, player and assistant coach, will be Sharks head coach next year. Um, Todd Byrne, who we got on the wing. Now, good player, Todd Byrne, but will unfairly always be remembered for being the bloke tackled into touch when Penrith won the, um, the NRL in 2003. Um, he was away with the ball and he got tackled into touch and, and that's probably what won Penrith the game. And uh, we got him a couple of years after that. Unlucky with injuries with us, but a real good, solid pro, Todd Byrne. Now, here's a name to conjure with. Sam Obst. Wow. <laughs> yeah, six six appearances over two seasons for the Roosters um, and finished his career in England with Keithley, I think, but um, we were the last Super League team he played for, Sam Obst. Uh, and then we come to an absolute legend of, of, of our club, certainly, Mark Minicello. Yeah. Um, started his career at the Roosters where his brother was playing, Anthony. Um, and... Um, you know, ended up at South and then ended up at um, the Titans before he came to us. And it keeps coming up in my Facebook memories every year around about this time when we signed him. Me going, Mike Minicello, really? Can't we do any better than that? <laughs> Just goes to show, doesn't it? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, look, we probably kept him a year too long. But as a, as a, a, a second row forward who ran above his weight and above his pay grade and ran some sublime lines, I don't think we've had much better import than, than Mark Minicello for years and years and years. The and first three years, he was phenomenal. 15, yes, 16, 17, phenomenal. Yes, agreed, agreed. Uh, then a player who promised a lot but delivered little for us really was Matt Singh. Um, could have been, uh, he came came too late, you know, one of those that finished his career in England and, and really, you know, we, we could have been, been nice if we'd have had him a bit earlier in his career, but he wouldn't have come earlier in his career, you know, he was still winning. Um, competitions and, and still getting picked for origin sides but uh, unfortunately Matt Singh when he came to us was a bit of a spent force but a good player nonetheless Mickey Payer as well now all of his brothers played for the Roosters him and both of his brothers um, we only got Mickey I think was it Lapini Payer yeah, didn't he for play Rovers, for yeah. yeah for Rovers and then the other the other Payer played for the Catalan Dragons I think yeah I think that's right yeah. Played for Catalans. yeah yeah um, but yeah, we got Mickey, and, and obviously Mickey played for Rovers as well, didn't we? Did yeah. he go to Rovers for a Yeah, year? we started yeah. originally from Rovers, didn't we? Yes, we did, yeah. yeah. Um, and then another, another player who, who uh, could have been anything but wasn't, and probably the player who holds the record for the shortest surname in a whole jersey, Setamata Saar. <laughs> um, ended up at Witness, I think, didn't he, after us? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. I think he went about the same time as Jeremiah, from memory. Um, Marco Mealy. Uh, obviously started at uh, at the Bulldogs, but then we signed him with Fitzgibbon as a kind of double deal uh, from the Roosters. Um, Sam Mower obviously went to the Roosters after Hull um, and, uh, and won a comp with them. Willie Manu as well signed for the Roosters right at the back end of his career. It was a year when the Roosters weren't going to make the top eight and he played probably the last three or four games for them. Um, and, uh, and finished his career at the Roosters right at the back end of his career. And Jordan Tansey as oh, well. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe Jordan Tansey uh, was thought of as an NRL quality yeah. player? Well, it's like Greg Eden when they said it was the next Billy Slater. He ended up going to Brisbane. Oh, the English Billy Slater, they called him. How embarrassing is that for everyone? Yeah, our pundits here. Uh, oh. Yeah, that was a bad one. 
it'll never, it'll never ever ever be forgotten either. No, no, and I think the the thing that with that one was that uh, you know that Hedin called it, and I think um, you know the likes of Andrew Voss and everything seized upon it just because it was easy to remember. Yeah. Oh, they called this bloke the English Billy Slater. Well, you know, great. Yeah, cheers. You know, I mean, no, you got to say with, with Jordan Tansy, but bless him, you know. Three years at Leeds, where he didn't really set the world on fire. He was kind of a, a full, you know, he was a kind of backup player there. A couple of years for us, where he did all right, you know, and uh, and a couple of years at uh, at the Roosters as well, two thousand and nine. Uh, one year at the Roosters, sorry, played seven eight games. He did score. I remember him scoring a try. Um, can't remember who against, but he did score a try. Um, and I think from memory, I think it was a game where. They were getting absolutely thrashed, and he scored the only try. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was the year again that year when the Roosters were nowhere near the top eight, and uh, I think you know he'd have probably played seven or eight matches and probably lost them all. Where you go? I got. I found it. I found it. I found it. Oh my god! How was this? Right? You'll love this. It was against Newcastle. They lost thirty-eight-six. Tansy scored, Brayson has to kick the goal, and in that team he played he started at fullback. Setamata Sar was the was the centre. Um Craig, Craig Fitzgibbon was the lock and Marco Mealy came off the bench. Brilliant. For the for the Roosters. So four Hull FC players in that team that got towelled up by um by Newcastle Knights at home as well. Coached by Brian Smith as well, coached by an ex old player, Brian Smith at, at Newcastle at the time. The next whole coach. Brilliant. There yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, finish on one final point then, which I've managed to avoid mentioning all the way through this. Uh, yeah. And that is the mighty pair of Panthers beating West Tigers 30 points to 16. A bit of uh, bit of revenge for what happened during the origin period. Uh, I don't think there was any blowing of kisses though or rattling of the uh, rowdy West Tigers supporters that were lucky enough to make the game up in uh, Redcliffe. But... Yeah, still. I think he's learned his lesson there, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe so, but nice, satisfying win nonetheless. Uh, good to see, obviously, oh, yeah. Nathan Cleary obviously pop up with three tries. It's good to see Jerome Luai get over as well after, mm. I'd say, a little bit of indifferent oh. form in recent weeks. Two teams very much at either end of the spectrum there, mate. You've got a team that's powering towards the semis and the team that's given up. Yeah, this year. Um, much, yeah, the, yeah. You know, the team that's looking and going, please, we can't wait for Oliver Gildart, we can't wait for Jackson Hastings. And if rumours are to be believed, we can't wait for Bateman because yeah. it looks like um, John Bateman might be uh, on his way back to Australia because his uh, Australian girlfriend hates Wigan as much as Wigan players hate Australia. So. We'll be back there then for this edition of the podcast. Uh, as always, three games to go, see what happens. Come on, you all. We're not dead yet. <laughs> Still alive and kicking. Cheers for your time, mate. All the best. <laughs> Cheers, mate.